0: This is Mercy Harper, writer for research services at APQC. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to APQC Podcasts on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. I had a great chat with Iris Mansour, founder of communications consulting firm Every Epic, and Lauren Trees, principal research lead for knowledge management at APQC, about surviving the hybrid office, and I invite you to check that one out. It was so great that we kept talking and dove a bit deeper into the nitty gritty of engaging leaders in communication training and what effective communication looks like in a hybrid office. I thought these ideas were well worth sharing. So without further ado, here's the conversation. Um, since you are and you know, your work is, is training a lot of leaders and I think that people are really touchy around being retrained on how to communicate. That, that's That's a tough one. Any, any tips for you know, other professionals, whether they're in knowledge management or HR, that, need to, that want to take on that task?
1: That's interesting. I haven't found that. i found perhaps that I work with people who have, who've made the request, who want the training. Perhaps I'm not seeing the people who are stubborn. Perhaps I'm not meeting the people who are resistant. I, I think that you know, it's, it's really important that the desire comes from the person who needs the retraining. As it were the desire they need to see the benefits for them uh they and there's a way of introducing it you don't want people to feel shame around the way they have been doing things because they've been doing great you know i always tell people to get the position where you're at you have to be great at your job you are already an excellent communicator you're already doing so much right a few things have changed the world has changed a little bit and i'm giving you some new tools to make your life easier to make the lives easier the people around you you know if we work together meetings will be shorter People will have clearer marching orders, um, that's the, those that so really focusing on the benefits for them and really celebrating what they've achieved up until now. Um, this is I, I always see it. I'm helping people refine who they are, refine, you know, add. I'm helping people add skills which just make their lives, their work lives, their team lives uh, more effective, a bit more effective. Um, These are edge skills. They take you over the edge. I'm not teaching anyone anything from scratch. It's just giving them a system that makes their lives easier and better, kind of more consistently. That's how I see it.
0: I would think that shorter meetings would be a hard benefit for most people to pass up.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was thinking while you were talking is, are there specific markers of success that you you look at when you're looking at the before and after pictures on these kinds of things? Shorter shorter meetings got both of our attention, right? Everybody wants that.
1: I mean, fewer meetings, shorter meetings, it, that's huge. Hours and hours and hours are wasted on meetings that go nowhere. And they're a suck on time, which is a suck on money. And they're a suck on productivity and morale. Like, people feel bad. People hate wasting their time, just sucks the energy out of a team um, so what I typically do is I will typically audit meetings before and I'll, I'll that's how I kind of build my training I'll see what the dynamics are I'll audit a meeting we do the training and yes typically the meetings themselves are quicker and more effective there are fewer of them on the calendar in general and you know a lot of the communication skills you use to run good meetings are the same skills you use to write effectively it's can you frame things in a way that makes people care? Uh, can you can you quickly uh, grab your audience's attention? Again, by telling them perhaps what's at stake uh, in what you're saying or what you're writing. So the same skills that make you a good meeting leader slash participant, uh, also things which make you a good communicator um, when you're writing. Uh, they're universal skills. So you also see the trickle down effect um, in the way people communicate in writing. So. So the question, could this have been an email uh, or a Slack message is a lot of the times? Yes. And I teach you how to write that Slack message really well as well, (laughs) using very similar techniques. So globally, the picture is, yeah, people know what they're doing. They're spending less. There's less wasted time and less wasted energy.
2: Yeah, that was the other question that I had while you were talking is, do you also give people guidance on how to navigate some of these different communication channels? Because I think that's one of the things that we see in our research that people struggle with most is, well, where where do I put this information? What is the best format and channel to distribute this kind of update, knowledge, whatever it is? And, And I think that's a real struggle for people.
1: It's such a struggle for people. The lucky thing is, is that there are a few questions you can ask to get the right answer. Um, before communicating anything, think to yourself, who is your audience? Who am I communicating this to? Who, and And then think to yourself, what does success look like? What do I want them to think, feel, do or know after reading or hearing this thing? And then you can ask yourself, OK, considering that my audience is The engineering team or considering that my audience is the head of sales I will adapt based on I will pick a channel a communication channel that suits them number one number two um we put so much pressure on ourselves to say everything in one fell swoop but you've got to remember that communication and persuasion communication is is a is one way in which you persuade people, influence them, get their buy-in. That doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. So don't put pressure on yourself to say everything in this Slack message. Don't put pressure on yourself to get everything across in a five minute presentation. If you try to do that, if you try and fit an encyclopedia's worth of stuff in a three minute presentation, it's not gonna work, my friends. It's It's like driving a smart car, driving a two seater car, and you know, a two-seater car is great for getting from A to B, but you're not going to use it to move house. It will break down. And so often we try and do too much, too much with these moments because we feel that all the pressure's, you know, riding on this. No, it isn't. Think to yourself, what does this person need to know right now? And what can what can wait for another week um, or another month? Again, persuasion buy-in, it's a process, it doesn't happen all at once. So really think to yourself, what do they need to know right now? What does success look like? what i want them to think they'll do or know and then what do they need to know right now that will make your life so much easier those series of questions will make everything easier
0: i love that because as someone who's you know usually more on the the receiving end of asks when i get this like wall of explanation of whatever it's just like, like i can't even it does it like sucks the life out of me like i can't even do it. i can't i'm like i'll deal with that later when i yeah. get a quick little smidget Then I want to engage. And that starts this back and forth thing where we probably cover most of the things that would have been in that long email or like, you know, text message or whatever. Um, But I feel like I'm
1: more part of it instead of like getting this like big blast of like, do. Yeah, you're more part of it. It's tailored to you. It's for mercy. So it's going to be more effective Um, and also A lot of people try and say everything again. They'll like recap like the last year or whatever. They'll give too much background information. Most people don't need it. Just start with the juice. Start with what's new. Start with the ask and just be really prompt. They don't need the whole encyclopedia every time.
2: We worked with a... gentleman who was uh, higher up in the Navy who would not read an email longer than five lines, he just would cut (laughs) off at that point and he had communicated this very clearly to everyone who worked for him and it it forced you to bottom line up front, you gotta get what you want in there from him and what the asks are really clearly in those first couple of lines and it sounds very draconian but at the same time very effective.
1: (laughs) Everyone wants effective, and that guy knows that the ship needs to dock on time. People want to get to their destination on time, and I actually think it's important. We're actually having to unlearn so much of what we learned at high school, in high school and college, because in high school and college, it was all about you start with an introduction and maybe a quote, and you recap everything, and then you have a conclude. You know, then you have a contrary statement, and then you have your conclusion. So the juice kind of comes at the end. In workplace communication, again, it's about being quick. It's about being speedy. Tell me why I should care and tell me what you need from me. And if you can do that effectively, you're going to see your influence rise. You're going to see your productivity rise because you want to make it as easy as possible for people to collaborate with you. And to Mercy's point, it's about being prompt and quick. Make it easy for me to say yes to you. Make it easy for me to help you.
2: Well, and I think just a lot of what you're saying about being intentional about thinking about your audience and what they need from that versus sitting down and thinking about what you want to say without thinking about the rec- the receiving experience of that information. I think so much of this comes down to being more aware of each other, being aware of the circumstances of the people that you're trying to communicate and collaborate with and acknowledging challenges, trying to be accommodating. I, I think even if you, when you don't succeed, you get a lot of points for trying. And when you're completely unaware of that person's um, circumstances or kind of they feel bulldozed over, that's where you start to get that retreating.
0: I'm Mercy Harper. Thanks for joining us for this APQC podcast. Please go to APQC.org to learn more and have a great rest of your day.